Welcome back to 15 Minutes on Woodlawn, brought to you by Emerson Elementary School in Wheaton, Illinois. This week's topic is games in the classroom and at home. We'll be chatting with third grade teachers Louise Cleveland and Meredith McCarthy and PACE teacher John Gabriel. You won't believe all the ways playing games together can not only create strong family bonds, but can also activate areas of the brain that are essential for developing critical thinking strategies for young students. Not to mention, as Meredith McCarthy says, there's really nothing like the sound of kids laughing and having fun. Let's have a listen. Hello, I'm John Gabriel. I'm Meredith McCarthy. And I'm Louise Cleveland. This is the second episode of our Emerson podcast and the first of the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks. And thanks to Kristen Colon, our LLC director, who is the producer, technical director, and host of this podcast. Okay, elephant in the room. I hate hearing my voice on recording. There's a reason I didn't go into radio, you guys. But Ms. Colon has such a great radio voice, doesn't she? She does. Thanks for all you do, Kristen. Yeah. And another thing is we should bring up that this podcast is called 15 Minutes on Woodlawn. (laughs) The three of us, there's no way we're going to keep it to 15 minutes, but we're sure going to try. So let's start with some groundwork. What is this SEL we hear talked about around school so much, Louise? SEL stands for Social Emotional Learning. So in a nutshell, we're helping our kids build skills to effectively manage their emotions, communicate with others, and be good decision makers. And isn't that what we really do as parents and teachers, right? Sure, academic skills and content are extremely important, and we don't want to lose sight of that. But embedded in everything we do, especially as parents and teachers of younger children, is helping children build the skills necessary to be happy, socially healthy, successful contributors to society. So thinking about that, our topic today is game-based learning. And really, there's no better way to combine academic skill building with social-emotional skill building than with games. Like, we seriously use games all the time in our classrooms. And we don't just have games set the stage to practice listening, thinking ahead, taking turns, working as teams, choosing words carefully, thinking quickly, being a good winner or a good loser and encouraging others. My gosh, there are so many things that our kids come up with and skills that they really do need to work on just by playing games. And brain research really shows that simply more of a person's brain is involved when they're learning through games. The trial and error experiential learning is much more effective than just textbook memorization. Mm -hmm. And brain chemistry is optimal for learning when the learner is actively involved and really having fun together. Oh my gosh, I love the having fun part, like hearing the kids just giggle and laugh about a strategy they use so they can hurry up and solve whatever problem they were running into to play that game is just my favorite time sometimes. Um, So I actually, I've been talking to my class about the importance of games and just, it's not just because I don't want them to do a paper pencil activity, but why it's so great. So I gave them a little survey and just asked them, like, why do you think we play games in class and at home? And in class, they they were all pretty, you know, strict with that we're playing them to get our skills better, especially in math, because it makes it a lot more fun. But what really was awesome is just seeing how 
all of the kids had games that they love playing at home with their family. And they all said their reason was, it's my favorite time that my whole family gets together. And I love playing with my family. And a couple of kids said, this is the only time my older brothers and sisters actually like playing with me. So it really is just so meaningful to get that family connection time. Like you said, we all uh, we play games all the time in our classrooms because uh, my deal is I want to be having fun. So uh, I want my students to be having fun, too. But we could go on forever about playing games in our classrooms. But let's shift to games at home, like you were saying, Meredith, that the kids really value that. And, and I wonder if I bring that up and parents are listening or thinking, oh, man, they're going to talk about using flashcards or playing hangman with spelling words or <laughs> playing a number scavenger hunt around the house. Uh, you know, parents may think my kids hate it when we play learning games. And frankly, I don't think it's much fun either. Uh, first of all, let's acknowledge the great ideas shared in our last episode by Ms. Graves and Mrs. Morgan. Those games are wonderful and fun, especially in the car. Uh, but sometimes those type of games don't work at home or even with older kids who may think they're being tricked into doing school stuff, <laughs> right? So first of all, kudos parents for trying to make learning and homework fun, but we get it. A learning game at home just doesn't work or feel the same at school. So we want to explore some other games that might not seem as educational, but truly are fantastic learning opportunities. So we just came off winter break. I can't believe it's the end of January, <laughs> uh, but it feels like we just came off a break and games were a huge part of our vacation. How about you guys? Okay, so for Christmas, we got the game Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, and yep, I lost on being the narwhal every single time. My kids couldn't laugh at me enough, which was just fantastic. We just nonstop were belly laughing. I, I didn't even need to work out because I laughed so hard. Um, <laughs> we, I do, you know, being the math lover that I am, I also, we love playing Blockus, um, it's just such a fun game for us. My house plays a ton of card games. Um, when we were younger, it was ERS, War, and Old Maid. But as we got older, we played Spoons, Golf, and later on, Euchre. Oh, Spoons. <laughs> <laughs> we also love word games at my home. So any of these games we mentioned, if you uh, ever feel like following up with an email to find out more about that game, uh, we'd be happy to do that. We're just giving some titles here that are great. Our extended family, uh, we, we really got into fishbowl, which is kind of like catchphrase, charades, and okay. uh, password all rolled into one several <laughs> rounds. You don't uh, have a recording of that, do you? Yeah, I think yeah. that would be great. Uh, encore, come up with a word, and how many go back and forth? How many different songs can you come up that have that word? Oh. And <clears throat> the amazing thing was we, my, I have a nephew from Indiana, who, who would have known this kid is a country music savant? <laughs> like, I never would have known. The number of songs he came up with with certain words was hilarious. And another uh, favorite was Poetry for Neanderthals uh, was our new game this year. So funny. Um, none of those games really sound like they're marked as educational games. But really, are they? Well, of course they are. <laughs> okay, so let of me course. start. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use two examples. Uh, first is an old family favorite, uh, Mexican trained dominoes. Uh, it's a little different than regular dominoes, kids tell me. 
I never played dominoes growing up. I always thought dominoes were just for standing up and knocking down. But uh, Mexican drain dominoes, you can look up the rules online. But the gist of the game is that you're all playing your dominoes in the center of the table, and you want to be the first to use up all your dominoes. And at the end of the round, each player adds up what's remaining in their hand, and low score wins. So it might be kind of obvious what academic skills are being reinforced, right? Counting, matching numbers and or colors, comparing numbers, strategizing, which is planning ahead, thinking of cause and effect. If I do this now, then what will I be able to do next round? I want to back myself into a corner. And at the end of the round, we all have to add up our dominoes. Uh, one strategy some kids might use is count up all the dots. But, you know, as a parent, you could say, hey, you know, if you line up your dominoes like this, look, at you can add these together and get a 10 really quick and another 10, and you can add them up faster. And that can be it. You don't have to make it a huge math lesson, but uh, you know, applying some of those, like the, the quick 10 strategy, we might call it in first grade, uh, you know, just applying it in, in a real situation is huge. Um, it's uh, so I was talking about math skills, right? Uh, those can work with different ages too, uh, with the game, which is cool too, because of course we're playing as a family, we're gonna have younger kids and older kids. And uh, it, it's a game that can work with lots of ages. Yeah. But under all of this, there also runs this SEL component, right? When we're playing games as a family. And one of the skills in playing dominoes might be um, considering someone else's point of view, right? We wanna teach empathy, but we don't think of that in dominoes. Right. But that's part of strategizing. If I play that, you know, if she just played that domino. What's she thinking? What's she going to do next? How can I block her? Right. Uh, as we're playing the game, we can model how to be a good winner, like you said, Meredith, or a good loser. Uh, how to appropriately remind someone it's their turn mm. or you can't play domino that 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 domino. It doesn't match. Right. And another cool thing, I think, with dominoes, too, is just the setting, right? You're all sitting around a table, no screens, and everybody's looking at their dominoes, right? Their dominoes in front of them, the dominoes out on the table. And that just sets us, sets the stage for easy, uh, no awkward eye contact conversation, <laughs> right? Um, like, for example, two of my kids might be ganging up on me as, as we're uh, playing the game. You know, they're telling each other, well, you play a double and I won't satisfy it. And then he'll have to satisfy it and he'll have to draw. <laughs> and I might kind of say on the side back to them, well, good to see you two working together after the way you were, after the way you were going at it this morning, right? <laughs> and then we we move on. No big conversation, no big confrontation. Or, uh, I brought up the subject of the fight briefly, acknowledged it in a lighthearted fashion, and then moved on. And then maybe later that night before bed with one of my kids, uh, I can revisit the subject that's already been diffused a little bit and say something like, so you two work things out. What could you have done differently next time? I know this all sounds Brady Bunch perfect, but if you see how the game, but you can see how a game setting would open the door to these kinds of conversation. Uh, I just, just caution you to go into a game with patience and an open mind, not an agenda. Mm. Right? So game playing allows opportunities uh, for conversation to come up naturally. And if we try to force that, I think kids see through that sometimes. Uh, that setting around the domino table also just allows stories and conversations to come up, like I said. So, uh, for example, and this is uh, a somewhat changed example, it's a real family example. So somebody <laughs> might say, okay, I'll play my orange over there. 
And then my daughter says, oh my goodness, don't say orange. I don't think I'll ever be able to eat another orange again. <laughs> my wife says, that's right. I saw you brought your orange back in your lunch. You usually like oranges. And she says, oh, so-and-so was eating an orange at lunch across the table. It was all stuck in her braces and it was disgusting. I couldn't eat my orange. Now, we as parents, of course, we don't support putting others down, but so-and-so and her orange braces <laughs> has become part of our family lore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all know the reference when her when her name is brought up. Um, we could at that point talk about or bring up how to tell a person kindly that they have something stuck in their teeth, or we can just share a laugh together and hopefully plant the seed to remember to watch our own table manners, right? <laughs> can only hope. <laughs> or then I might bring up, that reminds me, I was out to lunch with Mr. So-and-so from work and this guy came out of the bathroom with toilet paper on the bottom of his shoe and walked through the restaurant and <laughs> people were snickering and nobody knew what to tell, <laughs> right? So all this time we're just playing dominoes. We're looking at our dominoes, we're having co side conversation, we're sharing about our days, we're getting an insight into each other's experiences working on self-expression, clear storytelling, and building a family sense of unity. Again, it sounds perfect and it won't always happen, but we got to give it a chance, right? Wow, I'm talking a lot, huh? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Here's my second game. Poetry He's got a lot of kids though, so he can tell us <laughs> stories forever. We could. <laughs> Uh, second game that was big this year was Poetry for Neanderthals. I'm dying to play this, by the way. It's, it is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah, this looks good. Uh, basically, it's like catchphrase. Oh, you draw a card, favorite. and you have to get your team to say the word or phrase that you have on your card without using any part of the word or phrase. Just like catchphrase if you played that. Yeah. However, in this game, you may only use one-syllable words, hence oh. Neanderthal, caveman language. For example, okay, ready? You guys, I'll see if you can get it. Big guy in charge, run our land. Uh, in charge, White House. President. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. But I could get more points if I got you to say president uh, of the United States. Okay, okay. So there's more on the card. So I could say, uh, you say president, and I say, yes, he in charge of. Got it, got okay. it. Okay. Uh, uh, I say, can't say, oh, I can't say of because it's president of the United States. Oh. So, oops, can't say of. So I could say, he rules land. This land is called. Got it. United and then States. Can, yeah. United States, I, I'm, I can't say okay, right? So you, so you get the idea, right? Now, there is a blow up kind of caveman uh, club that uh, <laughs> you get to club someone if they say something they're not supposed to. You can use your own discretion with that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> So while this isn't a vocabulary word game, it really is, right? Think of all, all that you're doing as a player when you play this game. You gotta read the word, you have to understand the word, you have to de define the word in your head and then revise your definition to only one syllable words and even have a little fun making it sound funny. Lots of creativity. Um, yeah, so, so much goes on during the brain during all of this and under the pressure of a timer too. We could talk about timer and this is a safe <laughs> place to be timed and, and learn how to deal with that pressure. But also a lot of the learning practice actually happens after the round when the clue giver can finally sigh, time us up and say, oh, I couldn't say orange because it was orange juice. But I wanted to say yellow fruit, but that was two syllables. And I couldn't say drink in the morning. And then the others could say, well, why didn't you say gold instead of yellow or dawn instead of morning or say drink small glass at dawn, sour. 
right? Okay. So we're, we're working on synonyms and varying the way we express ourselves. And oh, wait, is sour one syllable or two syllables? <laughs> well, really, who cares if we know for sure what it is? But we're thinking and we're making sense and we're talking about syllables and we're making sensible arguments. It's a great game and a lot of fun. And really, so, so much is in, involved with that. So let me add for a second, too, that you don't have to run out and buy uh, games all the time. Uh, true, there's something to having physical cards in your hand and a board on the table in front of you. Uh, but there are all sorts of word game generators online, actually, and um, that, that, that can help you get started. Just Google like game word generator and uh, some great ones will come up. So I've talked a lot. How about you two? What are some, some games that could or have worked at home? Yeah, I'll talk about two games that you really don't need um, much with you or that you have to buy. Um, I'm going to explain how golf works. Um, and it's another game that can be played with just a regular deck of cards. Um, in golf, the numbers are cards are worth their numbers, and then aces are worth zero, king one, queen two, jack three, and if you make a pair, that is also equal to one. Each person gets four cards, but you can only look at two of them. The other two are secret. The rest of the deck is put in the middle, and the game goes on with each person picking up a card from the deck and deciding whether they want to keep it. So you kind of have to start with that strategizing and that thinking ahead because you might want to keep a card that could make you a pair or in the hopes of making a future pair. If you end up drawing a royal card, obviously you want to keep it for its low point value or you can just discard. You are allowed to switch out those two secret cards whenever you want or, if you, or you can just hope that you have something good. The game continues until somebody thinks they have the lowest four cards and knocks on the table. Then everyone has to flip cards and add up what they have. It's called golf because you play nine rounds before adding up the true totals and seeing who wins. So again, you're thinking strategically and you're thinking ahead. And even if one round goes poorly for you, you have a lot to make up for it. Mm -hmm. um, and then also there's just the addition at the end, which is just easy practice, fun practice that isn't going to feel like doing math. Right. Um, there's also a younger kiddo version of this game that's called Rat Attack Cat, and you can easily purchase it on Amazon. And we have that one at all. Yeah. Um, and then another game that um, I wanted to talk about, which again, you don't need um, to purchase or buy, is I is using the NY Times um, word puzzles. As a kid that played a lot of games as a family growing up, we still play this game to this day. Um, typically in the summers, we play every week as a family. Um, and how you play is that they give you one vowel and six consonants, and you have to see how many words you can make with those letters. Now, of course, the New York Times version has a ton of rules about how many letters and you can't repeat letters. But when we were younger kids, we would play without those words and without those rules and just focus on making new words. Um, you can do this as a family by posting the letters and just leaving a piece of paper or a whiteboard somewhere and allow your family to just keep a running list throughout the week and see how many you could come up with even as a team if you don't want to make it competitive. Um, we That was like kind of how my family started with it a long time ago. And we've just like 
slowly added in the rules and added in yeah. the competitive gameplay. She also <laughs> still plays with her family every week now. Yeah. Well, I love that that you see that that's a family tradition that started so long ago. Again, you're adding to your to your family lore, and don't we want that as parents, right? We want to. We want to open the door to conversation and connection with our kids and, and we want that to last you know through the tough adolescent years and into adulthood and that's awesome yeah and that specific one is called spelling bee if you go on the new york times website they update it every week in their magazine but they also do daily ones too so it can even be just a daily fun thing sounds awesome um so my family um I have a rule when we go on vacations and out to dinner. I have two teenagers, and so I don't allow their phones to come with. Yay. And um, <laughs> they hopefully will appreciate it when they're older. It never goes nicely in the beginning, but they know it, and so we just go along with it. So I still travel to restaurants with apples to apples because it's just <laughs> a game that there really doesn't have to be a winner or loser, but we love trying to figure out why somebody would put down one of those cards. And it goes back to my kids never even realized the vocabulary and explaining that they were doing when they were reading the words on the cards of how it fit into the category and what their defense was. And so I'm sure we've adapted the rules to be the McCarthy way. <laughs> um, but I really feel like it was a huge growth for them to find ways to communicate their explanations and it was just a good time to laugh um the other game that is one of our family favorites is blockus and again i brought it up before because it is my i'm so passionate about loving math strategies um but i love that it's a game that all ages can play because you're really just seeing how shapes fit together and the natural spatial awareness that happens when you're able to manipulate those shapes and change the shapes around to make it work for you is fantastic. I won't get into, again, how um, sometimes two of us gang up on the other one. <laughs> I mean, most recently, my 15-year-old um, tends to be beating us. So my daughter and I like to try and gang up on him to see if we could uh, corner him from winning. But it is just really great. And then when they were younger, we really enjoyed Sequence Junior. Um, so totally check these games out. And it's just, it's such a cherished time. And now my kids, you know, they really don't even ask when we're headed on family weekends or anything about what their screen time allowance is going to be. They're actually packing up the extra bag of what board games we're going to bring with. And, you know, while we're waiting for breakfast to be cooked, we're out playing another another game and i just i hope that they cherish it as much as i do knowing the research behind just how valuable all of these games really are so that is awesome we are only hey you guys what seven minutes over time <laughs> uh, we, did, we did pretty we did good it. we did pretty good sorry emerson uh, families <laughs> those examples were great i'm going to look up golf again and bring that back into our home it's been forever since we played that so good. and taco cat goat cheese pizza oh just, I, I gotta i got to look yeah, into that one as that. well yeah so. i mean take videos <laughs> of your family being the narwhal I just have to say. it's a lot of laughing that's the only goal is laughing and then that is an awesome goal so we hope this conversation has helped spark some ideas and give you inspiration as parents to try some new games at home as a means of applying academic skills, but don't feel the pressure of them being learning games. Just 
games as a way to support you as you help your children build their communication and social skills. We sure enjoy working with our Emerson families. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And remember, as the third grade uh, survey said, their favorite thing about playing games was spending time with their family. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. That's the end of this week's chat. Thank you to Meredith McCarthy, John Gabriel, and Louise Cleveland for being so knowledgeable, so compassionate, and so much fun. And thank you for tuning in and being part of our Emerson community. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Emerson Elementary Soars. Talk to you soon.